Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm, period. I'm Ross Bolin, here in a little studio attached to the back of a church on South Congress in Austin, Texas, with my co-host, Barrett Dudley. You know, I feel like I was just in this, dude. It was only yesterday. No, it wasn't, though. No, it was was a couple of days ago. It was the day before yesterday. Which is really a lifetime, if, if, you know. It was only the day before yesterday. Yeah. When we were last here. But, you know... Just, just, uh, the proof's in the pudding is all I, is, is what I'm going to say here because there's okay. still stuff to talk about. Just I think a, the proof's just, in the pie. Just a mere 48 hours later, like the, you know, the, basically the, the floodgates are opened. Like the, just the, the cottage industry is fully set up. There's, there's just a million boats in this sea right now. And yeah. It's a, there's a lot going on. Like Mike, the guy who who produces this show for us, was just saying like the calm before the storm, and I was like, dude, no, the storm yeah, is it's, here. It's not that calm, man. The storm's been here for we about got all, a week we and got and all half. sorts of news and stuff, and I mean, you know, it's just it's just it's it's crazy. A lot for us to talk about, though, yeah, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, speaking yeah. of which, welcome to all the members of the Clam Fam who are just now returning. Uh, since season I d- seven, I did see that people are 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 out there just just now rejoining. It's like roughly forty thousand of you that tuned in for the first time uh, in like a year and a half this week, <laughs> and uh, my God, it really did a lot to our stats. But welcome back. We're happy to have you back. We're very very excited for season eight. Obviously, extremely stoked uh, to get this whole thing underway on Sunday. And for those of you who are new here. Welcome to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Uh, this is the podcast, the Game of Thrones podcast for people who love the show and want to make sure they have a, a good understanding of everything that's going on, everything they need to know, without being a psycho nerd about it and scaring people. That's that's basically what we're trying to accomplish here, right, Barry? Didn't that yeah, what you that, would say? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's okay, exactly yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, we started this show, this podcast, back before season six of Game of Thrones began. We did an episode of the podcast every Monday following the Sunday airing of Game of Thrones, and then we would do another episode later in the week with hotline calls, and that's kind of the model we've maintained. Uh, we did it through season seven as well. Then between season seven and eight, we did what's called the Night's Rewatch, creating a rewatch-specific podcast for uh, every single episode of Game of Thrones that exists, starting with season one, episode one, all the way through uh, season seven. And now, we're here at season eight, so we're going to go back to what we were doing with season six and seven in the first place. Uh, and again... Very, very excited to have you all here. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. Everybody has the right to rest, but the key to getting your best rest, of course, is the right mattress. Meet Lisa with two awesome mattresses, accessories, and bases for better, deeper rest. The all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved. It was great before, and it's even better now, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers, or you can get their Sapira mattress it's the it's their hybrid it's the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support it's actually the one that both barrett and i chose to get as our own beds that we sleep on every night uh i could not more highly recommend the superior it's incredible if you want to spend a little more coin get it 
It's the best. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep Master for of everybody. Master of coin. From day one, they set out to create a company with heart. It's one of the reasons we love working with them so much. One of the things they did that was really cool was donate a mattress, a Lisa mattress specifically, uh, to my Mimi, who's in a memory care unit with Alzheimer's, which meant a lot to me. And But they do a lot of other cool shit as well. Like uh, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. And to date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. So not only can you sleep comfortably at night because your mattress is the most comfortable mattress you could possibly buy, uh, you also sleep comfortably knowing that the company you bought it from is doing some good in this world. Clam fam, you get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon and you'll get 15% off any mattress at Lisa. Again, if you're new here, uh, I just explained everything about the show already so you, you know exactly what's going on. We would appreciate it as season eight draws even closer with just a few days left, four days left. If you've been following our Instagram, we put up a photo of Davos holding up his hand. Uh, of course, he has no fingers, just a thumb. And it says four days left, one, two, three, four. It's got some little nubbins. I was proud of that. Finger nubbins. I was proud of that post. I made that with the uh, markup feature on the iPhone. Oh, did you really? That's the next level type of professionalism you can expect here at OCC. You're just you're a you're a scrappy meme lord. Don't even (laughs) (laughs) scrappy meme lord. Yeah, yeah. that might be the the funniest thing you've ever called me (laughs) ever. but, oh, we would appreciate it if you would share the show. Tell other people who love Game of Thrones, all your friends who love Game of Thrones, if they need a Game of Thrones podcast, uh, this is this is a good one. It's a great option. It's a very good option. In fact, we were featured in BuzzFeed. That's right. That's right. As the number two Game of Thrones podcast behind uh, one of the Ringers Binge mode. shows. Binge mode. Binge mode, yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, I, I don't know how I felt about that. If you didn't notice, Binge Mode's show was the only one that was, like, linked to their Instagram page. Oh, is that right? Yeah, huh. everybody else's wasn't. It was like it just felt like maybe they we, we got cheated. Is all I'm okay, saying. Okay, all right. Or maybe we didn't get quite as much love as yeah, we should have. Yeah, it was well, still nice to know, be featured it, though. Yeah, it wasn't. It was nice to be featured. And I'm also, you know, the, the thing is, I I don't even know like what BuzzFeed's deal is these days. Like, nor do I. You know, you don't hear so much about BuzzFeed right, anymore. Right, right. So like, it was cool because I know BuzzFeed. So right. I was like, oh, we got on a list with BuzzFeed. Yeah. That's tight. But like, I don't know if like. I just don't know how much clout BuzzFeed currently holds. I, I still give them lots of list clout. Okay, uh, yeah. For like, you know, regular everyday people, they, they still get BuzzFeed lists distributed to them from uh, Facebook and such. Not to say that we're not regular everyday people, we just don't fuck with Facebook very much, I don't feel like, you yeah, and I yeah. in particular. Um, but yeah, cool to be featured on BuzzFeed, cool to be featured anywhere. We're always happy to get more exposure for the show, and that's exactly what we can get from you guys when you tell your friends and family and coworkers and neighbors, anybody you know who loves Game of Thrones, who might be in need of the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm, here it is. Go to rowdygentlemen.com slash G-O-T, and you can shop the Oysters, Clams, and Cockles Rowdy Gentlemen collaboration, clothing collaboration. Uh, we got several new t-shirts in for season eight. They're very cool. They, uh... One of them is based on Emilia Clark's wrist tattoo, the one that's got a few dragons on it, uh, which is nice. There's one that says, legalize milk of the poppy. It's one of my personal favorites. I think that's quite funny. I Invoke Sumai is another one. If you've been riding along with us this entire time through the Night's Rewatch, you heard a lot of Sumai jokes over the course of uh, this show. Use the code DRAGON on Rowdy Gentleman, and you'll get 15% off your entire order. 
anything on RowdyGentleman.com. So fill up your cart. Don't just check out the uh, OCC collection. Check out everything else they've got as well. Dragon, when you check out, will get you 15% off your entire order. Before we hop in to these hotline calls today, a couple more plugs. First, I have another podcast. My name is Ross Bolin. I have a podcast called The Ross Bolin Podcast. It's a humor, comedy, whatever you want to call it show. But we also have a lot of serious life discussion about stuff like mental health, uh, substance abuse, family, work, stress, and the like. Um, but we also mostly just just goof around. We talk about animals a lot, pirates, ninjas, cool shit like that. It's pretty much whatever I want to talk about that's not Game of Thrones. That's where I talk about it on the Ross Boland Podcast. It's available in all the same places that Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is available. You can follow it on Instagram at the Ross Boland Podcast if you want to get a feel for like what the show, you know, the kind of shit that we're interested in and what we talk about. Uh, at Ross Boland Pod on Twitter. It's on Facebook somewhere. And then, of course, follow me on my personal accounts, Ross Bolin, on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, at W-R-Bolin, on all three, where I routinely post about both Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, and RBP, uh, so that you stay up to date when new episodes come out. Barrett has another podcast as well. It was just a goof that he's going to tell you about now. I just figured I'd do another. You said goof. Just Dumb and Dumber? Plus, we did Dumb and Dumber last week, so I'm just sticking with the trend, you know? Okay. Yeah, I could do I could do Dumb and Dumber all, all day long. It was just a goof. It was just a goof. Um, yes. I do host another podcast. It's true. It is true. It me. Uh, it's called the Club Cool Podcast, or Club Cool for short, if you're a real one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. I actually just recorded a new episode before the, before recording this podcast right here. So by the time this one's out, the new episode of Club Cool will be out as well. And we Mother talked about of God. You know, we talked about uh, well, we talked about a lot of things because we we cover a lot of stuff. But uh, we talked about Mark Jacobs getting married. He had a super star studded wedding, oh. like just like so many models yeah, and saw famous you, people. There. I saw was, your Instagram post. About it was this. real wild. Uh, and then we talked about uh, 90s celeb photography being like my favorite thing on Instagram okay. at the moment. Okay. And then uh, and then we talked about like some dope new New Balance and Nike sneaker drops. And, and man, that was our show today. Like, so if any of that sounded interesting, Club Cool Pod. You can check out the Instagram account at Club Cool Pod if you want to know more. Woo! Also, at Barrett Dudley uh, is Barrett's account on Twitter That's and correct. Instagram at B A R R E T T D U D L E Y on both of those. Uh, Barrett actually has a clam fam correction for today. My own clam fam. Yeah, correction. I'm gonna let you issue it to yourself. That's right. I'll okay. Uh, here I'm calling in. I've got a clam fam correction. It's Barrett from Austin. Yeah. Okay. So the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. That is true. We were you. talking about SNL last week, and I was having a hard time coming up. I, I my first statement was way off. Oh, you was struggled. That, was that Kit Harrington was the first uh, Game of Thrones ever cast member to ever host the show <laughs> which was just slightly off that yeah. was just slightly off we quickly realized samsonite <laughs> we pretty quickly realized that uh, like in 2016 peter dinklage had actually hosted right and then as soon as the podcast was actually no it wasn't as soon as the podcast was over i was watching the kit harrington snl okay and i was i so suddenly like just thought to myself dude Jason Momoa hosted, and they did Game of Thrones sketches literally earlier this season. Because of Aquaman, Yeah, right? because yeah. of Aquaman. He was promoting Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. So, I was way off. Kit Harrington is the third Game of Thrones cast member okay. to have hosted SNL. And you have to assume that at some point, Amelia Clark will do that. Well, I think we're going to get 
Sophie Turner too. Ooh, oh yeah, good point. because she's dark a high Phoenix, pro- high profile Dark Phoenix, and which by the way, the trailer for that looks gnarly. Dude, how about Sophie Turner hosting Joe Bro's musical guest? I bet, dude, that's got to be coming. Oh yeah, good point. Right, that's just a no brainer. Yeah, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah, but yeah, that's Barrett's self clam fan. Yeah, yeah, correction. self uh, self clam fan yeah. correction. Yeah, so you don't have to call in or tweet about that anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, time to get into the hotline calls. We've got ten that we picked for y'all uh, today. Eight six six four three clams is our hotline number. It's open twenty four seven. 365 days a year. It's a voicemail. If you mess up, for the love of God, hang up and call back. Do not continue. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. But when you call back, also, you don't have to mention that you fucked up and this isn't your first attempt. We're going to know. Trust me. Just hang up if you mess up. Call back. Do your thing. It's all good. Happens to everybody. No big deal. Don't get nervous. Don't freak out. 866-43-CLAMS. Call with questions, theories, scorching hot takes. Bring them on. Uh, we've got great calls today. Thank you to everybody who's been calling in. Here is your first. Hey, Clan fam, it's AJ from Houston. Um, I'm just calling, you know, I don't know, it, it's probably because it's Wednesday and you guys are dropping another uh, another OCC episode today, but I'm just, I am so hyped. I, I woke up this morning and I started watching all of the promo interviews and the HBO behind the scenes and the Kit Harrington monologue from SNL this week. And, and like, it's, you know, it's basically five days before the start of one of the greatest seasons of one of the greatest television shows in, in history. And I'm just, I'm so stoked. Uh, but I had a take for you guys. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about, like, you know, how else could the tides turn? How else could there be this really big twist? And we already know how we, like, make White Walkers, right? Like, you plunge a uh, dragging glass dagger into somebody's heart. Do you think that it would be, do you think at some point uh, during Season 8, Bran and Sam are going to get together and be like, wait a minute, holy shit, we could turn one of our guys into a White Walker. Like, do you, do you think that would go down? I mean... I know it's kind of a hard sell, but but there's a part of me that would believe it, and I, and I really want to hear what you guys are thinking. Um, but keep doing what you're doing. Uh, love, the, love the pod, love the show, and I can't wait for season eight. Thanks. AJ from Houston. Let's fucking go. Okay. Uh, we're going to keep doing what we were doing since you suggested it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for suggesting Do we that. think at some point that Bran and Sam are going to get together, and perhaps at some point we see the good guys creating a White Walker Using dragon glass, since Bran now knows that's how it's done. Huh. I'd never considered this isn't even being an option, and I'm wondering to myself now, like, all right, let's say they pick a human being. Yeah. Let's say yeah. it's Jamie Lannister. They're like, oh, this guy was a dick. Let's let's see what happens. We want to we want to experiment on this motherfucker. So they stick some dragon glass, some obsidian through his chest or whatever. Let's say he turns into a White Walker. Well, then what? Does he sprint off? He's like, oh God, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And like jets for the hills yeah, to find that, his people. That's that's obviously my biggest problem with this with this question. Is like I don't First think well, you, why? I don't think you can just make a white walker and then be like, hey, but you're a white walker on our side. You're a good white walker. <laughs> right? Train him, yeah. Yeah. Like Do I they just turn and then like automatically hate all humans who y- aren't that, white yeah, walkers? Yeah, that's a good question. Like maybe can Yeah, you be I don't born know. Racist? They're, they're, <laughs> There are just too many. There are too many variables there to really know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting idea, though. You know, I know definitely not something that I had thought about. This is something we need to see play out on like Robot Chicken. This is where you yes. would see that. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, exactly yeah. That's, where that a, that's a very. That's a very good point. It is that's, interesting though. Like, I wonder if there will be any consideration to the fact that Brand knows how the White Walkers are created. Uh, perhaps there's something they could be trying to find out by potentially having to turn somebody into one of them. For experimentation's sake, I don't know. That would just get really fucking weird. 
But enough about that. Barrett, you did watch, uh, he mentioned Kit Harrington on SNL. Yes. Did you yeah. watch his show now? I did. I did. How, what'd you think? How do you do? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Um, it was, it was good, not great. Okay. He, 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 uh, so it was about what you expected can, based on what we talked about last time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, okay. A couple of things. He did a lot of sketches where he was doing an American accent. Oh, interesting. And I think he's still working on his American accent because okay. pretty much every time he would do, and like it was, it would be different characters. Right. One time he was like, he was playing this girl's uh, fiance, and then another time he was supposed to be like this nerd developer at some at like a company. And was it the exact same? Voice? And it was like the same voice every time. You know, at one point he was just like a nephew. There was this skit about nephews. Okay. And every time it was kind of like the same voice. Ah, uh, nephews. Ah. Uh, and Cause so because he's, he's Danny's nephew, and they have sex. Yeah. I don't and, know if that's why. And and so it was just kind of like, uh, you know. Yeah, his like American voice was like kind of like right here in this pitch, like this range, and, then and it's it was that just like every time. Yeah, and then it was just kind of like this, like kind of almost like nerdy character every time, and it was just like a little weird because I think he's still working on his American accent. Oh so god, so there was that. He was funnier when he just got to do his his regular accent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is funnier to me when he says it as Jon Snow rather yeah. than Kit Harrington, which is a um, problem for him career wise. Probably the uh, the other thing. So he shaved. Yes. Right before this is the first SNL. Time we've seen him shaved and in like, years. He's never like yes. Yes. Yeah. And it is it's weird. He looks weird without the beard. It's a thing for dudes and so who, it was, uh, when they don't when guys who you are so used to seeing bearded. I'll, 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 Will DeFreeze is our good friend who's yes. always bearded. Yep. And when he yep. shaves, he looks like a child molesting uncle of sorts. You're just like, what the hell? It takes it's something it happens to every man who has a beard and then shaves it though. Yeah, and it takes and it takes more than the the you know the hour that it took to watch SNL to like get, get used, used to, to it. it and and be like, "Oh yeah, that's just Kid Harrington. That's it's just that's, him. that's what he looks like." He's now. still very handsome. It's um, not creepy at all. Yeah. He's other, not my uncle. Other notes. He's her nephew. I always got to I always got to ride and show love for for the actors out there like Kit Harrington who cannot possibly be more than 5 foot 9. Like this dude is small, and I appreciate that. He's a wee lad. He's a wee, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not an absolute unit. No, he's you know, most you know. certainly the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, he's a little dude, which is makes it all the funner to see. Honestly, if he was a huge like, you know, the Hound style character, sure, sure. it wouldn't be nearly as fun to root for him on the battlefield. That, it's almost yeah. like you know what I mean. It gives yeah. him this Napoleonic complex for the fans watching the show. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. And uh, and now whether or not that was on purpose, I'm not sure. I don't know if he's like described as as smaller in the books or, or what. But he well, he's supposed to be a fucking kid, basically. That's, so that's uh, you that's know, it makes too. sense. That's true it works. Um, it plays. Let's see. Uh, I think I had a couple other notes here. Oh, oh yes, we mentioned before watching the episode, we were kind of like debating like who's the bigger mainstream star, Amelia now. Clark or Kit Harrington, right? And we talked about his bad action movies that he's been in. Yeah. Well, he actually mentions those in the in his monologue. Oh shit! Like making fun of him? Yes. Oh good. Like so I was. I've good. been in. He was like, I'm Jon Snow, and then you know I've also been in, and then basically like makes fun of himself for being in like these two or three trash action movies. Yeah, movies that they put like a hundred million CGI yes. into, and yes. then they just bombed. Which, yeah. in all fairness, good for him. Get that money, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The studios. Yeah. Ooh, I got to come up with better shit than that. Whatever the fuck uh, dude, that was. I don't know why they keep thinking those are good ideas, man. Because they get his abs showing. Basically. I know, but you can't make a $100 million movie that's just crap. Can't they just make one about him being like a lifeguard and he's just in a bathing suit the whole time? Right. If, if, all, if the only goal is to get the man's abs out, yeah. 
That seems like we could do it in funner ways. I don't, way. I don't know. They, more still, fun. They, they keep doing this stuff, though. Like, there was that movie with uh, Cara Delevingne, like, a year ago called Valerian. Yeah. Which I think cost, like, $120 million to make, and I probably made, like, 40 at the box office. You know, you're not fucking around. That movie, or a version of that, has been made, like, eight times in the last five years. I know. And they yeah. all suck. They all suck. They're all bombs. No one watched any of no. them. And then they come on Netflix and you skip past it because it's too sad to think about how much money went into it and didn't come out the other side. At least that's what I do. Dude, you can even get big stars together. There was that one, and it doesn't work. There was that Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis one that yeah. I don't even remember the name of. Yeah, I, well, it's also at the point where like, I feel like Netflix and some of these streaming new studios have so much money that yeah. they're just throwing all of the shit at the wall that they possibly can yeah. to see what the hell will happen. But yeah, uh, but yeah he's done some shit movies. Yeah. yeah, but so his SNL worth if you if you worth a watch if you're an SNL fan if you're not like into SNL it it's not I don't think it's like oh you have to go see what it. if you're into S and M well that's a new that's a different story altogether oh all right all right we should probably play another call here here's one Barrett Ross Lamb Fam Tintern Klein uh, making my first hotline call I got a revelation the other day so stick with me on this one guys all right so the prince was promised. Azora High. They say he had to plunge his sword into water, a lion, and eventually his lover. So I've been thinking about it. Water, Euron. Okay, so you got to kill Euron. A lion, Cersei. Got to kill Cersei. And then a lover. Everyone thinks this is Jon Snow. He's going to kill both of those two and then eventually Daenerys. Not so fast. I'm thinking this is Jamie. Jamie's going to kill Euron, plunge through water. He's going to kill Cersei, and plunge it through a lion, and eventually, he's going to kill, probably a mercy kill in some scenario, Brienne, his lover, with Oathkeeper, thus turning it into Lightbringer, and to bring it all full circle, Jamie's already saved the world from fire by killing Aerys Targaryen. He's going to use Oathkeeper to kill the Night King, save the world from ice. Jamie is Azora High. All right. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, look, our good friend Klein. Wow, intern Klein. Yeah. There's a call for you. You know, it's funny. I've heard that exact same rambling, incoherent prince that was promised Azora High shit at a dinner once. <laughs> Directly from him, like his face. So it's interesting to now hear it on a, on a phone call. Yeah. Okay. So what Klein is rambling about here is, uh, of course, Jamie being potentially Azora High. And uh, he's getting into a bunch of shit from the books here that is not really brought into play in the show to the degree that it is in the books. Of course, people still think this prophecy will be fulfilled on the show, or they expect it to be. That does not mean it will be necessarily. Uh, Klein is a great example of someone who probably spends a good deal of time on Reddit. Okay. And, uh, and this theory reeks of nerds who have too much damn time on their hands. Wow. So do, are you are you accusing Klein of pulling this theory off of Reddit? I'm not accusing him of pulling it from Reddit. I'm accusing him of either being inspired by something he found online okay. or cuz this is not I know Klein well enough to know this is not something he came up with entirely on his own. <laughs> I couldn't come up with this entirely on my own. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, no, I definitely not something that I had thought about. But it's, I mean, I didn't know about the water lion lover thing. So water would be Euron, which is hilarious. And God, I hope it's true. Uh, just because I want to see him die so badly. Lion, Cersei, lover, Brienne, and potentially with a mercy kill is where it gets interesting to me. There is going to be a twist like that on whatever version of this prophecy we get. Mm. Right. Mm. And the same one goes for the little, the Valencore little brother deal. Right. Because like 
I just it would be too straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's just such a great opportunity for twists there. Well, I do. Okay, now this this falls into the realm of like interesting twist. I guess I would say. Uh huh. Um, Potential interesting twists. Yeah. Yeah, like like I just saw us recently. Right. Great twist at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Us is what I call it. Us. Us with a Z. That's how I say us. Yeah. Okay. People people don't like it. They get upset. Yeah. 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 Us. Uh, okay, so yeah, like if I don't know if the show. I, 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 this is going to sound like a Captain Obvious question or a Captain Obvious statement here. If the show chooses to go in the direction of a major twist like that, right? Like, oh, this whole time it's the 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 main protagonist has actually not been one of the two people that we've placed before you. It's, it's the, Jamie. It's, yeah. Yeah. Then then this makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It, this would be a good version of a twist. Yeah, if they executed it properly. Uh, but it's also very Jamie heavy in the, in the things that he has to do. Right, Jamie using a sword to kill the Night King. Jamie having to mercy kill Brienne, turning Oathkeeper into Lightbringer. Yeah, like it's just yeah. a lot. So yeah, I, I don't know. But I, we appreciate it, Klein. Obviously, we we. Uh, yeah. N- now, did he did he just was that one take intern Klein? Yes, as far uh, as I know. Props one props, take. Props on that. Very well executed phone call. Professional. Couldn't ask for a better call. Next. Hey, Clam Fam. This is Heidi from Atlanta. Do you think that HBO has been paying George R. R. Martin a little something extra extra so that he doesn't release the books before they aired the final shows for HBO? Uh, I just think it's, yeah, he's pretty slow writing, but I think he's done but I think he's been holding it so they can finish the TV show and get whatever bang for the buck they need there, and then he'll release the final books. Let me know what you think. Love the show. Heidi from Indiana. I like this. Usually we just complain and make fun of George for being slow. Maybe he's actually just a business-savvy fucking genius and the books are all done. Because for me, it would have been extremely difficult if, if like the last book had dropped... Before the show had ended, right? Then you're like conflicted because you're going with. They're just very different at this point. Yeah, yeah. I no. That's I like this. I like this. Now it it feels awfully hopeful to me because I think we all want him to finish yeah, the books before he dies and 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 get his version of of things as well. He's not a young man. Now, man, you're you're right. I was thinking originally, like, well. He's got two more to put out, right? Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. Not just one. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I always thought that like it would be just a huge boon for both if he put out book six, I believe it's supposed to be. I mean, because just imagine the hype that that would generate. But the show at this point- Like the Harry Potter models. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the show at this point has taken on such a life of its own. And as I mentioned up front, like there is such a cottage industry- with the merch and the Oreos and all that and the podcasting. The fucking and, Oreos. And like just everything around it. Like, do they need the book to drive more hype? No, of course they don't. No. So, so yeah, maybe they're like, well, hey, we're almost done here. So let us just wrap up our version. Right. And then we'll use that hype and throw that at behind book six. That would be the greatest thing ever. For like season eight to drop, and then we drop. They drop an announcement that like wins a winter, or I think that's what book six is supposed to be called. 
is uh, like yes. drops in in two months. Six is supposed to be the winds of winter. Seven is supposed to be a dream of spring. Yeah. So no, that would be the most genius marketing play of all time. Super tight. They yeah. would sell a bajillion books. Yeah. Fingers crossed that Heidi is right. Yeah. That would be great. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Me Undies. You probably spend about 90% of your life in underwear, right? So don't you think you should uh, probably have the softest, most comfortable undies available to you? Of course. That's why Barrett and I only wear me undies. These undies are so soft, they make Bob Ross's voice sound like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, they really do glide on. I'll tell you wow. that. Wow. Me undies uses the coveted micromodal fabric. It's a full three times softer than cotton. And no bullshit, they're the softest underwear that I have ever been made aware of. They're incredibly comfortable. Uh, thoroughly enjoy them. Not only will you feel like your loins are being hugged by joy itself, but Me Undies gives you multiple style options for both men and women. They've got a ton of different stuff. Some very loud, some very subtle, just simple base colors or whatever. Uh, men can now try the new Boxer Brief with Fly, which is the same great cut as Boxer Brief, but now with an added option for guys who prefer to go through the gate versus over the fence. Me Undies is also the go-to for the softest loungewear on the planet. Hang out in their super comfy lounge pants and onesies. Yes, MeUndies makes onesies. They're incredible. And they have a great offer just for the Clam Fam. For any first-time purchasers, when you get any MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. Get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. To get that 15% off your first pair, plus free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash dragon. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash dragon. Go to MeUndies.com slash dragon today. Here's our next call. Hey, this is Zach from South Carolina. First off, we're fucking back, baby. It's here. We're in the last season. We're ready to fucking roll. All right. I have a theory for you guys, and it's a little bit of a doozy and may set television back 25 years, but fuck it, we're going to go with it. So we've all decided that Game of Thrones is in sellout mode for this last season, right? And if so, I've got an idea with the weekend. So we're in episode three, Battle for Winterfell, and everything is doomed, much like Battle of the Bastards. It looks like the good guys are going to lose, and out of nowhere, a random unsolid shoots a dragon glass arrow that kills the Night King. Later on, he comes to reveal himself, pulls off his helmet. Lo and behold, it's the weekend. Cut. We go to the credits and the song plays. Bam. That's it, guys. That is happening. All right. Thanks. Bye. Dear God, it's Zach from South Carolina with his theory <laughs> on what's going to happen with the song from the weekend featuring Travis Scott and SZA. So ju just like I couldn't think of um, an example of like a, somebody that's supposed to be a bad guy the whole time and then is revealed last second to like, actually yeah. oh, be a good guy. The Snape and You guys thing. got got me with Snape. Yeah. I also now need you to hit me up with like the dopest montage action fight car whatever sequences that are cut to just like a ridiculously catchy pop song or something. Yeah. Like some type of just insane cutscene where, you know, like, I don't know. Isn't this just, just some the fire ludicrous movies? Yeah, pretty much. There's just some like fire ludicrous track and then like a car smashes through a building or something. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen. No, it is not. But, uh, but we talked about that yesterday. But it's fun to think about. It is fun to just think about. Just for its absurdity. 
I, w- I want to say so. I do want to. The, the weekend would then have to like look at the camera, eat one of the Oreos, drink, and then take a swig of a Bud Light, and then wink, and then boom, cut to black. Right. The Oreos thing being brought up again. What what what's the deal there? There's just a special Game of Thrones themed Oreos. Oreo okay. Okay. Here. That's yeah. just a, more evidence of people saying that they've fully sold out for this season or whatever. Correct. And I don't fully under like I don't get all the hate around the promotion and marketing. Like, what did you want them to do? It's the most expensive show ever made. Of course, they're going to get paid. Like, the, and the more people watching, the more fun it is for all of us. So there was actually a pretty. There was a funny SNL sketch that was just like one of the, uh, you know, it's like the one of the ones that they put together. Pre- before and it wasn't live it was right, like a video, okay. it was like a video sketch yeah and it was basically about like all of the game of thrones spin-offs that we can expect right and so there was like gillian sam and like a king of queens sitcom setup and like nice you know, just all sorts of stuff like that it was really pretty funny but then at the end they like you know put all of these uh spin-offs like little thumbnails of them on the screen that they're all gonna do and like the tagline is like game of thrones we're going full Star Wars with this shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. And that's and that is kind of that's the vibe that you're getting right now is that they are going to like look, they've got first of all, they stumbled into this ass backwards by the way. I know HBO has great taste and like great direction and great skill sure. for choosing things that are going to be good. Sure. But th- this was an accident. Like by all accounts, they did it. Game of Thrones was never anticipated or supposed to be like the end all be all, like the like the biggest television show ever. Right. Well, they even kind of limped into it. If you remember, like with season one, the hype really built after the season had ended yes. and been given a few weeks to breathe so that people could tell people because it wasn't super heavily marketed on TV, basically. Yeah. And yeah. And so. You know, it's like they're plus they've got the new AT and T merger going on, where like they're they are now going to be ruled by like super corporate overlords. HBO is yeah yeah because uh, Time Warner Media and AT and T. Oh merged. shit! Okay, uh, and so yeah, they've got this property. It stands to make good billions and jillions of dollars. It's billions of billions and billions and billions. And they're gonna milk it. And billions and billions. Billions and billions. Billions and billions. Now we're all thinking about the same Donald yes. Trump supercut of him saying billions. Yes, we are. Um but to okay. To my point, they've managed to market the ever living fuck out of this season without avi- having to use too much actual footage from the season, which was what we wanted the whole time, right? Like after we got that first teaser, we were like, all right. Whatever, do that a few times and we're good. Like we don't we don't want footage. And we got that one trailer. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of it. I mean, it's not we haven't had a whole bunch of footage ruined for us or things that people could pick apart and turn into a million new theories or whatever. And for the most part, they've done a good job of drowning out the media with so much random bullshit like Oreos and Sophie Turner at Penn State and Kit Harrington on SNL that it hasn't given the opportunity for spoilers to rise to the top of the news fucking cycle. Right. Which right. I also greatly appreciate. Yeah. So by all means, do all the Oreos you want. They're also doing this album that people are uh, upset by or uh, pointing at as another thing that they've sold out. It's going to be called For the Throne with music inspired by the HBO series Game of Thrones. Yes, and that's that's all it's going to be. It's just going to be like a collection of tracks that, that like you just said, is inspired by Game of Thrones. It's not right. going to show up in the show. Yeah, and this is not a new concept. No, no. This is something that used to be more heavily done even. Like, totally, totally. Back in the fucking 90s, they just they dropped these albums that were inspired by movies or brands or whatever, and it, this sort of thing was, was much more uh, routine. 
you don't see it as much anymore, but that's because not much shit like Game of Thrones comes along. I don't know. It's just, the the list of names on the album is what's concerning people. Lil Peep, ASAP Rocky, Marin Morris, Joey Badass. I don't know who some of these people are. Ty Dolla Sign, The Weeknd, SZA, Travis Scott, Ellie Goulding. <laughs> just I'm, the Lumineers, Mumford and Sons. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Okay, I mean, I'll y- listen to the y- fucking thing, dude. Y- yeah, y- in fact, you really only. The only one on there that I like cringed at was Lil Pete. Yeah. And even he has like some stuff that I find interesting. And it's just for the kids, you know, yeah. it's for the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my biggest issue with Lil Pete, uh, this is another thing that I that we that we touched on 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 Club Cool today is like I just can't Talk stand about Lil Peep today? Yeah, no we, well we mentioned him because oh, okay. I, I we got off on a tangent about how I just I cannot stand the current celebrity model and this is all driven by these Gen Zers out there. But like you're either straight edge sober or you're like, you think it's cool to be depressed and you're addicted to popping zannies. Right. Nobody's out there just like smoking cigarettes and drinking beers anymore. Right. And that fucking pisses me off. Okay. Just do the norm, just partake in the normal vices. I feel like that's like, what Kit does. Like every red blooded American. I feel like Kit yeah, well, smokes cigs well, and drinks it, beers. It, this was in relation to like why it's so fun to see somebody like Sophie Turner just like Six, having yeah. a glass of wine at a at the Rangers game and drinking beers at a Penn State bar. Right. Because it's just like the normal regular person thing. You know what's funny? And not just the like, oh yeah, like I'm totally popping Zans over here thing. That's one of the things that somebody threw out uh, yesterday on Twitter, Instagram. I can't remember. They said, this is what happens when a very, when like a normal British British girl becomes super famous. Yeah. And I was like, I can assure you there is nothing motherfucking normal about this girl, just for the record. But that is the perception to the public when you see Sophie Turner having beers, acting an ass at the bar, whatever. Now, let me explain something to you. It's not that she's a normal person. She's cool. That's all it is. She's a cool person. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's the hot girl at the party <laughs> at high school. That's what it takes. It's not that she's normal. She's not fucking normal. She's worth millions and millions of dollars. And sure. She's one of the most famous actresses on the planet, and she's gorgeous and British and great at what she does. That's not normal. All right. It's it's people always say that that they, they, they want to relate to uh, you know they want to see their celebrities being normal. Right. Right. She's just cool as shit. She's yeah. cooler than all of us. <laughs> That's what makes her fun to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, I don't even know what inspired this conversation. I don't know, just stop doing Zans, man. Don't That's do, all I'm saying. Yeah, don't do Zans. Ass. Next call. Hey, I'm Hunter from Boston, Massachusetts, and I was wondering whose face from the main cast, if any, will Arya wear next? Maybe she'll kill Bronn and use it to get to Cersei. Just one of the questions that's been floating around in my mind before the premiere of the new season. Keep it up. Love the podcast. Okay, okay. Let's discuss some face stuff. Uh, well, first of all, the one that keeps coming up over and over and over and over and over. I think the face we without a doubt see Arya wear at some point during season eight is still Littlefinger. I I, mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to believe that that won't be utilized in some way. Like, yeah. I'm I'm still in on her u- finding a way to use Littlefinger's death to fuck with Cersei. I totally agree, because nobody outside that banquet hall knows. Right. So they can and absolutely... that's a tight-knit group of people. That, they can absolutely use that to their advantage. Right. So uh, it could potentially be how she accesses Cersei to even assassinate her, for all I know. I don't know. We'll see. But to some degree, I believe we'll see Arya wearing Littlefinger's face. What other faces could we potentially see Arya don this season? Uh, the list is pretty long. There are a lot of people that have either died or are going to die, but I don't think you're going to see like a whole bunch of mask-off surprises. You're going to get one, Man, right? Oh. Yeah, not not Barrett singing future, but yeah, you know, <laughs> one. You're, everybody gets one. That's it, right? I think we'll do. We'll have one big mask off. I don't think there's going to be a whole bunch. Uh, I think that's probably right. 
But he, but just to add to your list of uh, of people that she could be, um, let's see. Oh yeah, anybody that's ever died on this show ever. Yeah, it's long. It's long. Yeah. That, and apparently you can just stuff them in a bag and carry yeah, them around. Exactly, so I don't, exactly. I don't know. She's yeah. got lots in there. Yeah. Uh, I did have one interesting thought on Arya this season, and because we keep coming into situations where we're like, oh my god, Bran can contribute a lot to this already existing situation. With Arya, I wonder if there's anything he can do to help her further her abilities with his powers somehow. Because she doesn't have a trainer anymore, so to speak, right? Like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that dude, Jock and Agar, is way on the fucking other side of the earth. God, I hope we see him somehow in season eight. You think we see Jock and Agar ever again? <sighs> Don't say no. I, I want to say yes. It's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it's our recurring theme of like, how are they going to fit that in? Okay, man? here's what I think, though. Just give me a situation where it's like at the end of Happy Gilmore, right? It, it, Arya's looking up at the sky, and, and she okay, sees right, Ned Stark, right. and she sees Abraham Lincoln, and then she sees Jock and Agar, and then she sees her water dancing coach from season one. Yeah. And they're all waving, and okay. that's, that's how the season ends. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Down with, I'm down with that. All right, cool. Next call. Hey, what's up, Clan Fam? It's Sam from Atlanta. I had a quick question about our boy Tanner Lannister. What are your predictions for Tanner in the last season? And will he play an important role in the fight against the dead? Haven't heard much about him in a while. I want a quick update before we start. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, mumbling ass fucking calling in about Tanner Lannister. Tanner Lannister. You know we got to play. Okay, so what do we see happening with Tanner Lannister in season eight? As we all know, Tanner Lannister is kind of the black sheep of the Lannister family. He's been in boarding school since he knocked up a flea-bottom whore in season two. He's been to rehab twice for Milk of the Poppy abuse. He's an all-around stain on the Lannister name. Yeah, and and the entire situation here that's going on has him super worried about his trust fund. Yes, man. that's his main concern. That's his main concern. Right, yeah. especially because it's hard for him to tell exactly what Cersei's doing with the Iron Bank, making these deals. Yeah, yeah. His trust fund is very much uh, up in the air here. Yeah, you never want to hear like your parents or your cousins or your aunts or your uncles or whatever like talk a whole lot about like too much money movement, you yeah. know? Financial or, stuff. Or, or, yeah, or leveraging this and that like, right. like she seems to be doing or Mergers. like gambling on stuff. Yeah. No, you just want a fat stack of cash gaining a lot of interest and and he's really worried about that just being in jeopardy all he wants to do is double cup up sip some milk of the poppy (laughs) and bang bad bitches and tanner is now being thrust into what is this enormous war uh i could see him somehow meeting up with jamie perhaps okay and making a heel turn for good potentially sacrificing himself at some point to save one of the beloved main characters giving his reputation new birth with death what okay all right that's just my personal uh Take on potentially what we can see from from Tanner Lannister in season eight. Yeah, I think because I, you know, he probably won't be on screen too much, but maybe behind some of the better moments of this show, you know, it it'll all boil down to something that Tanner indirectly helped create. Right. Uh, well, there's a saying that Benioff and Weiss actually have. They mention it in one of the behind the scenes HBO specials. Uh, behind every good scene. Somewhere is Tanner it's Lannister. Tanner Lannister. It's a Tanner Lannister. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So shouts to Tanner. Yeah. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Felix Gray. We live constantly staring at our screens. I'm, I'm literally staring at one right now. Our lives revolve around them. Cell phones, TVs, computers. Through them, technology allows us to do things never before possible in human history. We can communicate with friends and family in an instant. Information is accessible in an abundance in a moment. And uh, we're pushing what's capable 
pretty much constantly. But one-third of Americans spend eight hours a day in front of a screen, and 43% of them have jobs that require prolonged computer use, not to mention all the time you spend watching Netflix or scrolling your Instagram feed or whatever. And as a result, 60% of us Americans report symptoms of digital eye strain, which is increasing by 7% per generation. You're going to spend 3,500 hours looking at screens this year, so make sure you get yourself some glasses from Felix Gray that can protect your eyes from the blue light that is emitted from all these screens. If you've ever experienced headaches or blurry vision or dry eyes or eye fatigue, which just in case you're wondering, I get this pretty much every day now. Uh, towards the end of the day, like when I'm playing a video game, like one of my eyes will just start twitching and I'm like, yeah, I should probably take my contacts out and slap on some Felix Grays. It's that time of the day. Uh, they designed these blue light filtering glasses on a mission to protect your eyes and make every second of the 3,500 hours this year that you're going to be staring at screens more comfortable for your peepers. They're the best blue light filtering lenses on the market, housed in designer frames that are both stylish and durable without distorting color. Get yours today at felixgrayglasses.com slash rbp. That's f-e-l-i-x-g-r-e-y glasses.com slash rbp. Next call. Hey, Clam fam. This is Molly from Mass, and I'm just calling about something that's been weighing pretty heavy on my mind on my way into work this morning, and that is, who would you fuck, marry, and kill between Sansa, Danny, and Marjorie Tyrell for the male population. And for the female population, I'll throw in John, Jamie, and Rob Stark. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. I swear we've done this one before, but I think it's been a really, really long time. So, so things uh, could have changed. So things could have changed. We'll find out, I guess. I don't remember what my original answer would have even been way back in the day. But Sansa, Danny, and Marjorie Tyrell, for me, is a pretty easy one. And it's messed up that it's easy. But I must speak my truth. I fuck Marjorie because, I mean, come on. We've seen enough of that girl in the very limited time she was on the show to know she's a freak. I marry Sansa because she's Sophie Turner. And then I kill Danny because, listen, I'm not trying to follow up on Khal Drogo. <laughs> like Jon Snow, I'm not really too intimidated by, frankly. But Khal Drogo, man, he has just been all up in there, you know? Mm, 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 I'm, I, he's just, I'm never going to match up to that guy. Yeah. In yeah. any way. Not even just sexually. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh well I, I do have a different answer though. I do I do. So So, okay. Well, I gotta think long and hard about this one. But Sansa, uh Danny. You want my gay answer while you think? No, no. Let, oh, okay. let me do this first. Let me okay. I'll just say this. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna kill Sansa here, actually. Oh. Cause I'm I'm going I'm going character based only, first of all. Okay. So I'm going to try not to let the the celeb behind the character okay, way into way into my decision too much. Fair enough. And now I'm trying to decide, do I want to marry Marjorie just so that I have that good good for life? Like maybe maybe I do, but also she's very conniving and super super plotting. There's a 0% chance she stays faithful. You just so, have to wrap your yeah, mind around yeah. that from the get. So, okay. So I think I'm actually going to marry Danny because a powerful woman does not intimidate me. I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna fuck Marjorie and then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Sansa. I love the like the powerful like feminist statement followed by <laughs> immediately by which one you're gonna fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really torpedo, no, I, torpedoed that there, didn't I? We obviously we obviously mean this with all due respect. And yes, we're we're talking about specifically the characters from the show, not the actresses. And I think my answer stays the exact same, even that considered. Uh, but if I'm going gay, I'm boning out Rob Stark because I feel like he'd probably be 
okay with being a bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm marrying Jamie because then half that golden hand immediately becomes mine. And if we get divorced, it seems like it probably has some value to it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to kill John because, frankly, he's already been killed once and he broods too much. Mm. Who wants to be around that mopey fuck all day? Yeah. Not me. We have way too much in common in terms of the brooding. I, it would be too much brooding in one household. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think you're, I think you're spot on. I mean, honestly, I think Jamie would be the most fun as a spouse. It'd be exciting. Anyway. You'd have, you'd have some exciting times. You know together. what? P- plus, he's got that Lannister money. You're marrying rich. Right. Which means in case you get divorced, yeah. You're, yeah and you're, you're, rooting that his, you're rooting for his sister to die, obviously, because she's a huge pain in the ass yeah, if you're having to yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. that. But if she goes, dude, you're set forever. Exactly. And I mean, in-laws, you know, who can't live hey, with them, can't live without them. Sometimes, right? sometimes people just die, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I hope none of my in-laws listen to this. They don't. Uh, they don't. Yeah, and then I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get in bed with John because I, uh, you know, I think he is objectively the most attractive. Plus, we saw him with Danny in that last episode. The butt on that guy, he must work out. God, I'm dropping Dumb and Dumber references left and right. Look at me go. And then... <laughs> it is a good butt, though. And it is a good butt, though. And then I'm going to off Rob Stark because, yeah, I don't know. He, he's too mushy for me. Too mushy mushy. <sighs> yeah, Rob kind of sucked in yeah, hindsight. He did yeah. not age well. Like, when you think back to Rob Stark, you're not like, Rob Stark, the fearless leader. My God, he really had it going there for a little while. Yeah, You, you yeah. think... What an idiot he got everyone exactly, killed. Exactly. In fact, it was only because of our our detailed rewatch, diving into the minutiae of the series, where we realized fully that he was like actually great on the battlefield and like yeah. did have some stuff going for him. Right. But, but if you just yeah, if you just go surface level and just like what you connotate Rob Stark with, it's just kind of like, dude, you really blew it. He man. made some major. You just made some major mistakes. Major and, errors. Yeah. Yeah. Next call. Yo, what up, Clam Fam? This is Nick from New Jersey. Uh, got a quick question I want to run by you guys for uh, Season 8, Battle of, the, Battle of Winterfell. Um, let me preface it by saying it's not something I want to see happen. Uh, just something that I think they are going to need to address. So, uh, remember last season, Season 7, Jon Snow was like, oh, we need all the kids, all the little girls, all the little boys to start training with weapons. And uh, little, you know, Lady Mormont, the badass that she is, was like, oh, we're, we're sure shit going to do that. Do you think there's going to be a scene where they just show, you know, the army of the dead just straight trouncing, like, little kids in Winterfell? Because uh, otherwise it kind of just completely defeats the purpose of that whole scene with, you know, Leanna Mormont and that, uh, was it the Glover guy over there. Uh, again, not something I want to see happen, just a whole bunch of little kids getting just slaughtered, but, uh, you know, it's Game of Thrones, so they might they, they might do that. Uh, love the pod, and uh, looking forward to season eight. Uh, I had to listen to, like, I don't know, it was like around 200 calls I was talking about before we started recording today. Around 200 calls to pull these 10, uh, just because I wanted to find 10 that I found to be interesting enough to discuss or whatever, you know. And some that were fun, too. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, it is amazing to me the amount of time people spend thinking about this show and the possibilities of different <laughs> things that could fucking happen. And this guy in particular is thinking about the possibility that we're going to see a bunch of kids get rolled in season eight. All right. I, yeah, I got to go. We, we'd have to go back and look at the tape here, but I'm pretty sure that he, this is every man, woman and child that can wield a like shovel. 
or something. I yeah. think they're talking about they ne- they're going to need everybody to mine the dragon glass, aren't they? I I, th- I think there were conversations that addressed both needs because okay. he was also saying there was a separate conversation where they were like we're go- we want everybody to be involved in this basically, but to your point. It was never explicitly said we want women and children on the battlefield. I don't think so. And it's more may, of a preparation. Maybe thing. Liana made reference to like the fact that like that every every person on Bear Island is down to fight or right. whatever. Yeah, we put a spear in the hand of the babies at three months old. Sure, shit. sure. She probably said some badass thing like that. <laughs> I think that's the unsullied. But yeah, um. <laughs> we're just taking from one culture. Yeah, and giving yeah. To oh, another. she totally sold that. She no, totally no, said that. That's the Mormons. Um, I what I think what you might see here is like maybe Battle of Winterfell they do they show some faces that are obviously uh, young right so younger that, that's exactly and I mean like fifteen sixteen years old yeah. type stuff just I, to like to show you that everybody is is has to like pitch in but no you're not going to see like some eight year olds get their heads chopped off or like. <laughs> Or you know, it's, or yeah, no, we're not, like you're not going to see the mountain explode a four year old's head on. I don't, you know th- what I I don't think so. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, I got the same vibe. It's like the Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings thing. They they showed us a lot of women and children leading up to the battle to show us what was at stake, and clearly they would have to throw down if things got to that point. And that's the same thing we're dealing with here. They want everyone prepared, right? The, we don't know what kind of force we're dealing with here in terms of sheer strength and size with, with the Night King and his army of the dead. We know it's larger than any force that anybody has in Westeros or anywhere else south of the fucking wall. People are going to need to be prepared to throw down, including women and children. But nah, you're not going to see a bunch of fucking women and children getting rolled. That would be It's already going to be depressing enough. They won't go there. Next call. What's up, guys? Aaron calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out Duval. Love the podcast. Um, just wanted to call and mention, I think we give Jamie just a little too much credit kind of because of, you know, how much he's come back from and what the character he is today. And I'm sitting here doing uh rewatch on episode two and just watching Jamie and Cersei discuss when they pushed Bran out of the building and, and kind of what they were going to do after he woke up and, and all the things he's telling Cersei really corrupting her mind saying, He'll kill anybody. He'll he'll do whatever he has to do until there's no one left in the world, except them two together. And he kind of really corrupted her mind from that that point forward. And now she is what she is today. So, like I said, I think we give him too much credit. And I'm really interested to see uh, the reunion between him and Bran in the uh, next season. So, keep it up, guys. Appreciate it. See ya. So, okay, Barrett, do we give Jamie too much credit? For the turnaround he has had as a man, as a character, I guess. I, I mean, I don't think so. He, he, out of all the characters, has clearly had like the most up and down and like widest ranging arc for sure. From from evil to good, and, and we talked about arguably this one of the most like, complicated too. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And we've talked about, I mean, a lot during the rewatch about. How complicated this was. Yeah. I mean, the dude does some terrible shit. Very bad. At the beginning, he, especially. He's yeah. Like, essentially, he, his character is like frat prick. Yeah. That's what he is Pushes in season Pushes right out the window. He's addicted to John. He tells Cersei all that shit. He's got then, that Shrek prince hair. Yeah. yeah. La- uh, later, after Joffrey dies, we have like the, you know, the the rape of, 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 uh, of Cersei right there on his kid's body. And then- Right next to it anyway. And yeah. then later, he's like- Tells Edmure that he's gonna like kill his entire family because the only person in the world that matters to him is Cersei. Right. Like, th- there are lots of signals that Jamie is a bad dude. There were moments of pure corruption. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
which is why his turn to good, we hope, is like so interesting. And we, and 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 all of those like negative moments, I think, are kind of reflected also through how, like how he knows the world perceives him. Right. Yeah. Like it's kind of like the world told him he was a bad dude after he killed uh Rhaegar uh, yeah, or uh, uh, the Mad, Mad King. King. Yeah. And like so he was like, okay, yeah, I'm a bad dude. You no, know, that's you very know much I mean? a part of his character. Like it's in season one, in season two, even and maybe a little in season three, they kind of rub that in your eyes almost. It's like the wor- this guy did something. We don't know why yet at that point. He killed the Mad King. And as a result, everyone has branded him Kingslayer. And then as a result of that, he acts like a prick. Yeah. That's the impression we're given is that it's yeah. not just that he's a prick. He's also, he's fulfilling what he believes society, the role that they've given him basically. Yeah. And I, so I think if you dig into that backstory, it's like Cersei's the one person that's always been there for him, which right. is why he is so devoted and committed to her. But it's like, he thought with the king, with slaying the Mad King, I, he thought he was saving Westeros, basically. Yes. He thought he he, he well, as he, he tells he was as he way. tells Brienne, he saved thousands and thousands and thousands of lives, and then not only did he get no credit for it, but literally is shit on it for shit is is shit on about it for the rest of his his life, life so far. Yeah, so far. it's destroyed his reputation as a human being. And, so and that's kind of the way it works in Westeros too. Like everything's so gossip bound yeah. that it's like. Once people are singing songs about how you're the Kingslayer, it's over, dude. That's your label forever. So I, I think that's kind of like why we're able to reconcile some of the terrible things that he does. Plus, we we do see some of the softer, more vulnerable moments. Right. And then in this last season, I think we do finally feel like he cuts off the, the cancer, Cersei. Cersei. Kind of like once and for all. So right. I think we kind of hope that he can can turn over a new yeah that a new leaf that new leaf like for for good basically the complicated nature of his relationship with so many of the other main characters is what makes him one of the best yeah. in the show for me cuz like if you think about the complex he had with Tywin being his father the most powerful most wealthy man in Westeros uh, his sister marrying the king, Robert Baratheon. He also happens to be in love with his sister and have sex with her and they have babies and shit, which is just a whole other thing. But there's all these... And his little brother, who's a dwarf, and his father hates his little brother. His little brother killed his mother on the way out of the womb. That whole thing. There's a lot that plays into the character of Jamie and why he acts the way he does and why he does the things he does. But the part about him that makes him so redeemable to me and that has me rooting for him so hard is the shit he goes through. Right, The second he puts that spear through Ned Stark's back of his fucking knee or whatever and has to bounce from town, everything goes horribly wrong for him for like five straight seasons. Like, nonstop, he's put through straight hell. Life beats his ass and teaches him a lot of lessons. And then as a result, name a time since Jamie went through all the shit he went through that he hasn't made the right choice when push came to shove. He went back and got Brienne from the motherfucking bear pit, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, he freed his little brother. Tyrion, he's done a lot of th- He left Cersei when it finally came down to it at the end of season seven. Yep. He's made the right choice when push comes to shove every single time. So for me, there's no question he's not overrated and that we don't give him too much credit. He gets the credit, the exact amount that's allotted to him. And we give him the credit for being a prick in season one, too. Yep. He was a yep. terrible fucking person. That being said, that's the way human beings are. None of us are inherently just good and evil. We're a little bit of both or a lot of one and a little of the other or vice versa. His arc is not over. We have to watch an entire 
season eight to see what Jamie Lannister is going to do to fill up the pages of that book of brothers that Joffrey once mocked him for. Or true, whatever. true. I guess yeah. technically his shit won't go in there now, but it's that's not the point. Well, but that no, I mean it. it I still think that makes a lot of sense. I think that this is, I think we've answered this question as best we can, and we won't really be completely answerable until after this season. Absolutely. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Manscaped. You don't want to be like a wildling just running around north of the wall, not trimming or in any way tending to your downstairs hairy areas. That would be fucking gross. Go to Manscaped. They have the best product line in the world created specifically for a man's distinctive grooming needs. My problem personally is that what I would always do to get a body hair tool was retire what used to be my uh, former face razor, right? My electric face razor. And that's not what that tool is made for. So it would nick me or cut me. And one day I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then until I found out about Manscaped, I was just going completely al natural which is fucking disgusting and gross and wildling-esque. So don't do that. Turn to Manscaped to get their incredible lawnmower 2.0. It's rechargeable. It's waterproof. It's the trimmer that includes skin-safe technology for a nick-free trim to ensure that uh, everything down there stays clean, moisturized, and deodorized. They've got everything you need at Manscaped, all the tools engineered to give a gentleman a close, refined appearance. To learn more about Manscaped's revolutionary products, visit manscaped.com, M-A-N-C, I'm sorry, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D, manscaped.com. Use the code OCC when you check out ClamFam, and you will get 20% off your entire order on manscaped.com today. That's the code OCC for 20% off. We have one more call on today's show. Here it is. Hey, Clam fan. This is Jennifer calling from Chicago. I had a question. Where the fuck is Howlin' Reed? The dude just sends his kids off to deal with little Bran back in the older seasons. And then, you know, John's having this huge, like, parentage thing going to happen in season eight. So, I mean, he has to be a part of the next season, right? I mean, if he isn't, that's probably one of a major storyline that's going to be a huge letdown but i don't know i would like to hear your thoughts if he's going to be in this new season or not okay jennifer jennifer from shy town wants to know uh, where the fuck is howland reed Mm. for those of you who are like who the fuck is howland reed he's the guy who stabbed arthur dane the sword of the morning that was about to kill young ned stark in that flashback that bran visits at the tower of joy where we eventually find Jon snow's mother uh He's that guy. And now it begins. Yeah, he's the dude who comes and saves Ned Stark's ass in that scene. And uh, he's the father of Jojen and Mira, the two little shits who help Bran get to the Three-Eyed Raven's place from Winterfell when he's uh, running around there for a couple seasons. Uh, R.I.P. to Jojen. He was a real one. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, and Mira, too, dragging Bran's ass all over the place. I don't even know where she is now. Yeah, and then getting, and then getting a, a just a terrible thank you out of Bran thank for, the whole, for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks a lot. No, we really it meant a lot to us. Um, yeah, uh, man, I don't have a lot here. I think that we'll see Howland Reed. That's, that's all I get. That's, that's what I think. Where has he been this whole time? Nobody knows. Just hanging at the... Apparently, he's the Lord of Greywater Watch is the name of their mm. little stronghold that they hang at. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of people who think that Howland Reed will come into play in season eight and uh, potentially even play a major role. I don't know. It, it is a really big character to try to, inter- again, this is what it always comes back to for me, a really big character to try to introduce, make sense of, intertwine, and then have act on something 
in six episodes. Yeah, uh, that are I, relatively normal length. I, I guess, like in comparison to some other characters that we've talked about, like oh, what if this guy makes it like comes back in yeah. some form or fashion? He seems easier because Mira's hanging out at Winterfell right, right. now. Uh, Howland uh, assumedly still lives nearby. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck. Yeah, that I mean, he lives is. in Westeros. Though. Sure, he doesn't live like across the seas or wherever. Right, he's not in Essos. Uh, and he has information about something that has been kind of like pounded into our brains is like very important. Yeah, so you're you're of the faction who believes this man Howland Reed to know everything about Jon Snow's parentage as well because he was there. Well, he at least knows some stuff about Ned Stark. Right. You know, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I think that that will be, I'm not saying that I think Howland maybe knows exactly everything about the parentage, but he definitely, he knows something. Well, he's just not necessary in that way anymore, like you mentioned, because I mean, we got Bran. That's true. I I just, I I feel like we'll get a Howland Reed appearance at the very least. And and I'm, but that's, that's why I said I didn't have much, because I don't really know how they're going to throw it in. It might just be like a throwaway. Could be a flashback again. Yeah. Might just be a throwaway. It might not really matter all that much, but I could definitely see him just like, kind of like popping up. I'm still rooting for, and I'm worried about not getting this. I'm still rooting for quite a bit of like history style scenes mm-hmm. that we got in season seven from okay. Bran and his uh, time traveling is, is what I call it anyway, um, using the the trees. I think we got to get some of that in, in season eight in order to shape more of the White Walker stuff. As I know, we've mentioned many times before, we want, we want more White Walkers. We want to find out more backstory on what it is that they want, what they're doing, why, mm-hmm. and all that shit. Uh, and I think some of the flashbacks would be helpful in that. And Howland Reed was such a big part of that one Tower of Joy sequence that kind of played out over the course of season seven. It just feels like certainly he's been a part of other big enough stories that maybe we see more of him. Yeah. But maybe not. And that's it for our hotline calls today. Again, our number is 866-43-CLAMS, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can call the hotline, leave us a voicemail. If you fuck up, just hang up and call back. It's not a big deal. Ask a question, give a theory, hot take, whatever. Hotline is there for you uh we will be back on monday with a full recap of the first episode of game of thrones season eight the last season premiere we will ever have wow for this show so wow. that we can all properly digest and mourn if necessary and Tru- just truly a wow moment for it, us. it is gonna be we're gonna process it all together then on wednesday we'll be back with another episode chock full of hotline calls from you guys the clam fam it's gonna work just like this one did Eight six six four three clams We're taking questions. We're addressing theories. We're inhaling your scorching hot takes on episode one of season eight. Together, we're going to make this the most enjoyable season of Game of Thrones yet and do this show the justice that it deserves. I promise you that. Go to RowdyGentleman.com slash GOT. You can see the entire Rowdy Gentleman Oysters, Clams, and Cockles clothing collaboration. Use the code DRAGON to get 15% off your entire order. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I have another podcast. My name is Ross Bolin. I have a show called the Ross Bolin Podcast. It's available all the places that OCC is available. If you've enjoyed listening to me talk today or perhaps in the past, maybe you didn't like me today for some reason, Go give the Ross Boland Podcast a try. It's at the Ross Boland Podcast on Instagram, at Ross Boland Pod on Twitter. And again, you can listen to it all the same places you listen to OCC. My name, Ross Boland. My social media, at WR Boland on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, at WRBOLEN on all three of those to follow my personal accounts, where I will update you on Game of Thrones, OCC, and RBP as well. Barrett. Yes. Tell us about Club Cool again and tell us where we can follow you. Well, my personal account's at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. 
That's just if you just want to see like how fun of a guy I am, basically. You're just a wild and crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I swear I did that last time. I think you did that last time too. We're just we're we're, we got a lot of through lines. You know, we did the wild and crazy guy thing. We dropped some dumb and dumber references. So we just you know so that you keep laughing at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So yeah, you can check that out. And then, man, you can find me hosting my podcast at the intersection of style and pop culture. Wherever you're listening to this podcast. Are you standing in the intersection or are you going to be struck by a vehicle? I, I'm not going to be struck by a vehicle because okay. all the vehicles are required to drive slow, homie, like that Paul Wall song. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> in the world of Club Cool, everyone In the world of Club Cool, slow. everybody drives slow so you can, you know, so you can stunt okay. on, your, on your 24-inch rims on okay. your car. Okay. This is, because the intersection is also located in 2004. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite time period, so <laughs> that works very well for me. Uh, check out the social media account for that podcast, at Club Cool Pod on Instagram, and uh, that should give you a great feel for for what the podcast is about. Although we do just talk broadly about about even more like pop culture and and, and style stuff than than I can even fit on that uh, on that account. But at Club Cool Pod on Instagram and uh, and search for Club Cool Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. You may be wondering to yourself, well, where can I follow the social media accounts for the show that I'm actually listening to at this very moment? I'm going to tell you. We're on Instagram at Oysters Clams Cockles. We're on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, and we're on Facebook.com slash Oysters Clams Cockles. Uh, if you're wondering, like, why are they different? There's there's letter fucking limits, all right? I don't make the rules. We, we work within the constraints of Mark Zuckerberg and Jack. We do what we have to do. On those social media platforms, you're going to find uh, some of the best Game of Thrones content on the internet, in my opinion. Funny stuff, cool throwbacks to old episodes, uh, things that we discuss on the podcast will be brought up in photo form and then commented on below with the caption, and, and then we have discussion with you guys in the comments. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We also announce when new episodes come out. We throw them up in the Instagram story. You guys send in Snapchats to me on occasion uh, that are related to Game of Thrones. I take those and put them in the Instagram story as well. It's a lot of fun, so be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram, at Clams and Cockles on Twitter. Uh that's going to do it. Also, if you like the show, please, as always, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. Listen on Spotify, listen on SoundCloud, listen wherever you want. But if you are a part of the Clam Fam and you have never rated and reviewed this show, I would ask that this is the day that you do it. For the love of God, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Take two, three minutes to write two or three sentences about why you like this show and why you think other people should listen to it. And that's all that I ask. We'll be back Monday. I can't wait. I can't believe that the next time you hear my voice... We will all have watched. It's all happening. Episode one of season eight. Holy moly. Adios.